Hello and welcome to Cosmos Science Daily, where journalists at the Cosmos Newsroom report on the latest research and discoveries and explain the science behind the headline news. Today's newsroom journalist and chemistry whiz, Ellen Fidian, is talking to us about climate targets and COP26, with yours truly, Dr. Sophie Calabretto, applied mathematician and fluid mechanist, who is going to be a permanent sweaty mess of a human being if climate change is allowed to continue like this. So, for the first time, a team of scientists reckon we can stay under two degrees of global warming based on the current targets and policies of every country. Does this mean we've solved the climate crisis? Unsurprisingly, not yet. But it is a ray of hope. Ellen, let's start by unpacking the Paris Agreement. I know I've heard of it. I know a lot of people have heard of it. What does it actually mean? <laughs> yeah, so I feel like we've all we've all kind of heard the Paris the Paris target or Paris Agreement um, yeah. at this point. It was a big international agreement in 2015 to keep climate change to well under two degrees, preferably 1.5. So yeah. you'll note they don't have like a very specific number in there. They're just saying it should be in this range, and the lower the better. Sure. So so the mechanics of this, the way this operates is that every five years, countries submit these things called nationally determined contributions or okay. NDCs, which are basically pledges detailing how they're going to aim to reduce emissions. So stuff like Australia's net zero by 2050 policy is part of that. And there should be become progressively more ambitious as things go on. So every five years, countries should be updating their pledges to be more ambitious to reduce emissions more. Okay, so we're going to get in our kumbaya circle and we're going to talk about all the good things that we're going to do for the environment. Um, Why was COP26 important then? So COP26 was the first five-year check-in after Paris. It was meant to happen in 2020, but because of various other things that happened that year, it got (laughs) delayed by 12 months. Just a wee bit of a global pandemic getting in the way of things, sure. Yeah, yeah, made it a little bit difficult to meet in person. Um, So it happened in October and November last year, um, and it was the first kind of five-year check-in. So of those 200-odd countries, 154 brought updated pledges to COP26 where they said they were going to have even more ambitious emissions reduction targets. Right. So just before we move on, 154 countries out of our 200 odd, what happened to the rest? Or are they just still quite busy? They're still busy, I guess. I mean, the pandemic is part of it. um, And some of them, yeah, have not yet ratified the Paris Agreement properly. So that's on them. It's not great. Okay. So for the countries who are playing ball, has this approach sort of fixed things? So... The very first peer-reviewed analysis of all of these updated pledges has just been published in Nature. Like when COP26 was happening, there were lots of analysts saying it's fixed things, it hasn't fixed things, we don't know. This is the first time that scientists have actually, you know, it's gone through the academy. Right, great. It's fairly optimistic. The researchers have gone through all 154 updated pledges and modelled them um, and their best guess for long-term warming based on all of these updated pledges is 1.9 to 2 degrees. Okay, so that sounds almost under 2 degrees. It sounds like a bit under 2 degrees and inclusive of maybe up to 2 degrees, but that's I guess better than 3. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's worth noting the uncertainty is pretty big on this. They said it could possibly be 1.3, which is tiny. It could be 2.8, which is huge. Which is but closer this is, to 3, in fact. <laughs> much closer to 3. Um, but, but their best guess is 1.9 to 2, which is under okay. 2 degrees, which is pretty good because it's the first time a peer-reviewed study has ever looked at policies around the world and gone, yep, actually, based on these policies, we can stay to under 2. We can actually stay within the Paris target. So it's, it's good news. Okay, so that sounds great. So it sounds like we've we've solved the climate crisis and now we can all go home if the countries just kind of do what they're meant to do. We wish, right? So <laughs> countries have to um, meet these targets, obviously. It's one thing to say we're going to do it. It's another thing to actually do it. And two degrees is still pretty uncomfortable. There are, there's a big difference between a world that's 1.5 degrees warmer and a world that's two degrees warmer. So we want to cut even more deeply. Look, as someone who gets warm very easily, um, I 100% agree with that. And I think 1.5 is something to be aiming for. Um, So why do these promises matter, though? So we've sort of established that we've met, we've said what we're going to do. Shouldn't actions be way more powerful than words in this particular climate, as it were? Absolutely. Um, But the researchers point out that you need to have targets in order to meet those targets. Actually, that's true. Okay. So (laughs) you have to start by saying we're going to do this. Um, And if you're not even saying that, and at at the point of Paris, lots of countries weren't, then you're obviously you're never going to decarbonize. So this is a start. But yeah, obviously countries have to meet these targets. And the researchers have taken into account the likelihood that countries are going to be meeting these targets in all of their modeling and the emissions reduction. Okay, so that seems important. But I do have a question. If we're thinking that the model's best guess for long-term warning is 1.9 to 2 degrees, does that mean that we're giving up on 1.5 degrees? Is that just not feasible? There's been a lot of argument about this, particularly since the most recent Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report came out about like, ah, oh, 1.5 is just going to be too hard to hit. We should just mm-hmm. give up and aim for two. It's a lot of smoke screening, I think. One of the researchers I spoke to said that, well, really, there are lots of different meanings of 1.5 that get bandied about. So right. um, it's it's quite possible that before the end of the decade, we will have one year where global temperatures are 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial averages. But the point where the globe is like averaging 1.5 above is going to happen probably in the next 20 to 30 years. Right. Both of those two things are very, very different to missing the Paris target and just going for two. Like 1.6 is still way, way, way better than two. 1.7 is still way, way, way better than two. So there's a lot in between those things. The researcher I spoke to, his analogy was if you're traveling down a highway at 120 kilometers per hour and the speed limit is 100, you don't change the speed limit. You put the brakes on. Yeah, okay. Good analogy. (laughs) So, so, um, yeah, I think the I think the give up on one point five degrees is is a bit spurious. You should we should be cutting emissions as quickly as we possibly can and as deeply as we possibly can. And if that doesn't get us to one point five, oh well, maybe it gets us to one point six. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, in order for that to happen, Ellen, what has to happen next? So, according to that report I just mentioned, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, they've said that to stay at about 1.5, emissions need to peak before 2025 and rapidly fall off to that. Um, To stay below 2, the peak needs to happen before 2030 and it still needs to fall rapidly after that. Right. So, pretty quickly, short-term targets are really the next key, 2030 targets for emissions reduction. 
So the researchers are saying um, the next kind of big conference of parties, COP27, is going to be happening in November. It's going to be happening in Egypt. The researchers say that the 2030 pledges should really be the focus for that. How much are we going to reduce emissions by 2030? Okay. And from my understanding, uh, those pledges will be far more ambitious than the next and it's all going to go swimmingly and we're finally going to take this seriously as a people. We should hope so, shouldn't we? Everyone cross all of your digits. All right, thank you for (laughs) listening and be sure to keep an ear out for our next instalment of Cosmos Science Daily. This podcast was brought to you by Cosmos, a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia. Ever wondered how old the Earth is and how we know? Or exactly how popping candy works? From Listener and Cosmos magazine comes Huh? Science Explained, a weekly podcast where we answer all of life's questions, big and small. No lab coats required. And we'll do it in 10 minutes or less. Search Huh? Science Explained. Download the Listener app now and listen for free. Listener.